baby how are you doing well not that you're in the other room over for me or anything but they don't know that all right righty we got a little uh row one sports podcast season two episode two probably the most eventful and exciting week we've had here as giant fans obviously with uh free agency we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into a little bit of the draft prep and we're going to speak about some of the additions and subtractions that we've made since the last time we spoke about two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we could get right into it if you're down. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head home. I'm out of here. Um, listen, it's an exciting time to be a Giants fan. I know I say that a lot. I know I do. And, and I apologize, but it really is. And, and listen, he's got the drip kit. It, 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 it's, it's draped across the chest. Let's be honest. It's right across the chest. But the Giants, they, they've done some incredible things in free agency, things that fans have been begging them to do. You know, they go out and they sign a wide receiver one in Kenny Galladay, who's a bona fide wide receiver one, absolute beast when he's healthy. Um, they go out, they sign a, a corner one, really, for the most part, who's going to be playing their corner two in a Dory Jackson that kind of happened, toward, you know, on, on the later end of free agency. And they made some other good signings, you know, here and there with Kyle Rudolph and let, let me try to pronounce this name. Afedi Obanagi? I got nothing. Not bad. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Edge rusher uh, from Minnesota. So the Giants have been doing well in free agency. Let's be honest. Right. So the last time we spoke, we kind of addressed the needs that we had. Obviously, receiver one, I was calling for them to address that. I said, if you're going to get a receiver, it's got to be big. It's got to be whether it's going to be Allen Robinson or it's going to be Kenny Galladay or it's going to be someone that you're going to go out and trade for. These yeah. guys, as I preach to you, Corey Davis, the Juju Smith, the Curtis Daniel, those guys, as we spoke upon, were not going to get Daniel Jones and this team as a whole to the next level. You got to spend money. That's what we did. Kenny Galladay, 6'4", big frame, could make all the tough contested catches. He could run every route on the route tree. And from a Giants fan, you got to be excited and you got to believe that he's going to be able to get Jones to that next level. With that being said, with that being said um, there are a few knocks on the guy. I mean, we paid him a ton of money. Um, he only played five games last year, but let's, let's be honest with ourselves. When the, when the dude is healthy, he's up there with some of the best receivers in football. I agree um, with you. But th there's a reason, and he was in – hurt that whole season there was some speculation that he kind of sat out trying to preserve himself for free agency and I don't even blame him I listen the Lions are bad for the most part they're always bad and he knew that he probably wasn't going to be there this upcoming season and he, and he just did the smart thing I know people say like that's not a team thing to do and I, I get it but it kind of worked out for us so I, I'm not really complaining too much about that yeah I mean big picture Dave Gettleman Joe Judge Jason Garrett Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, everybody who was a part of this off-season effort to bring quality guys into our locker room. Uh, I mean, it happened. 
it's yeah. clear that the Giants is a free agent destination. I mean, we were able to grab everybody that we wanted to do. We spoke about in the last podcast how there was really no cap space that we had to work with. Dave Gettleman and Kevin Abrams made sure that they did what they needed to do. I mean, the fan base was freaking out the first the first three days out of free agency. And, you know, that's where we come in to kind of give people a breath of fresh air and a little bit of an understanding of how these deals work. Um, the cap is very fluid, as, you know, we, we all learned this offseason. And like Dave Gettleman said, you want to get that cap spot to a, to a solid number where you're paying guys X amount over, you know, a, a long period of years. And we were able to do that with Nate Solder. We got his deal down to almost, you know, I think there was eight, $8 million. More than half of what he was expected. Um, unfortunately, you got to let Dalvin Tomlinson walk, which we spoke about in the last podcast, you know, was, was a realistic possibility. Um, but the guy doesn't produce, um, you know, from sack numbers. That, that's not what he's there for. He's there to stop the run. And, you know, with the addition of Dan, Danny Shelton, I think that he'll complement very nicely to, to that subtraction of Dalvin Tomlinson. And the core strengths of the team are behind Dexter Lawrence with draft, draft capital. And then you brought in Len Williams for 60 plus million dollars. So, he had to go. Um, I hate to see him go. He was an unbelievable talent for us. Stopped the run. Played every game. Locker room guy. Um, yeah. Just part of the business, really, with Dalvin. So you said it, and it was refreshing. And it's refreshing for all Giants fans to hear that. Um, you know, players and free agents want to come to New York now, and that's that's evident over the past couple, you know, off seasons with the Giants. And I really think that Joe Judge has a real, real thing to do with that. And I think that you said it earlier, and the players said who signed here that, you know, I see the vision that, that Joe Judge is, is kind of, you know, setting out for this team. And there's no surprise why, we, right when Judge walks in, you know, a year and a half later, you're, you know, you're set up to, to make a playoff run. Let's be honest. The Giants, they have no excuses now. They, you know, the, the division is weak. You know, Dallas is back with, with Dak being back. And, and Washington's a huge question mark. Great defense, but there's no quarterback. So you can only go as far as a quarterback. No one knows what the fuck the Eagles are doing. Excuse my language. But it's just like the, the division's wide open. And with Joe Judge being here and, and all the players believing in, in what he's kind of preaching, it's, they're in the driver's seat to take, take hold of this division. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the driver's seat is being occupied by literally Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, and a healthy Saquon Barkley. I mean, let's be honest. We're going to go as far as they take us this year, which is obvious. Um, but more importantly than that, from a culture standpoint that's being built um, in New York with our team right now, I love guys like Logan Ryan who get on planes on two days' notice to go out and recruit guys like Adore Jackson to help on the secondary. Yeah, the whole thing. I love you know, it. you've never seen that before, you know, as, as Giant fans. New York was yeah, never – Yeah, teams. You've ne- it almost, yeah, it almost reminds me of, like, the LeBron effect in the NBA yeah. where people want to just go and, and be around these talented individuals and go compete for a championship. And it seems like over the course of one year with Joe Judge or whoever the effect may be, New York is the spot to be. I mean, Kenny Galladay could have went anywhere. There was teams that needed a wide receiver even more than us. Um, and he's, he, we were interested in him in the beginning of last year. And, and free agency. This, this, yeah, and, and, and he kept us on our radar. We, we dragged him out to the last possible second. If you remember, you know, we took him into the visit. It was kind of like a, like, all right, if the Giants are okay with it, then we'll sign him. It was not the other way around, but you never no see. He was all in from the jump. He was all in from the jump, and it was really up to Judge and Gettleman to make sure that he was a culture fit and he you was and I dis- enough. You and I discussed and that. Was. We were saying, like, don't be surprised if Kennedy Galladay walks in 
and the Giants have some question marks, and he leaves that a deal. And it's very possible, and they, they got lucky that wasn't the case. And that's another reason to be even more excited about Galladay because you know what he could do from a football standpoint. But if Joe Judge and the Mara family and Dave Gettleman are, are, are signing off on his character and his health, that's just another reason to be more excited for this year. And Daniel Jones in this crucial third year needs that reliable third down and red zone target, which he hasn't had since his whole career. Um, it's going to be dangerous. And I could guarantee that he's going to put up probably somewhere between 11 to 1,200 yards because that's what he's done every year that he's been healthy. And the Giants' offense is going to look completely different, let's be honest, than last year. I mean, Sterling Shepard – Sterling Shepard's going to be used in a completely different way. Um, you watched him last year go up against number one corners week in and week out. Let's Clayton be honest. Too. Clayton too. He's not that guy. He doesn't have that skill set or size, speed, strength, anything to go up against a you know a Denzel Ward or you know really anybody that's going to going to be that corner one. Yeah. Now you delegate that responsibility to a guy like Kenny Galladay who can do that and open up Darius Slayton and open up Evan Ingram and open up Sterling Shepard in the middle of the field. And let Daniel Jones make easier decisions, easier reads, more yeah. throws, more completions, more yards, more touchdowns. And then, oh, by the way, Saquon Barkley is going to come back, who could be the most dynamic player on the football field for 17 weeks on the season. Yeah. So with all that brewing, um, obviously some of this we knew, some of this was added during free agency. Um, yeah. But the NFC East, to win it, is it's got to be expected. I mean, from a Giants perspective. I mean, I saw the odds, and the Giants are heavy underdogs to win the division, and I think that really speaks to – and I know, but I think that really speaks to what type of faith, you know, Vegas and people outside of the Giants organization have in Daniel Jones, and it's not much. I, I'm, I believe in – I mean, Jones has a lot to prove still. I mean, let's be honest, but last year he, he regressed a ton. And a lot of it has to do with Barkley not being there, the offensive line. I mean, he's playing with rookie tackles. He's playing with a rookie guard in Lemieux and an ever-changing offensive line. This year, you would imagine that with the group that we put in and then hopefully a first-round draft pick onto the right side of that line, which we'll get into, um, he will be more protected. He will have more times to make decisions. And he'll have more playmakers around him to help his cause. So, I, think the most, I think the most important thing with Daniel Jones is – you see why Cleveland had so much success with Baker Mayfield on the play action, always rolling him out of the pocket. Under And Cleveland has a great offensive line to begin with, you know, and a good running game. But I think if you're the Giants, you need to move Daniel Jones out of the pocket as much as possible. The Cowboys, when Garrett was there with Dak, and they still do, they always move Dak around in the pocket just because he's athletic and can make plays on the run. And I think that's – something that the Giants should really look to with Daniel Jones. He's, he's an athlete. Just let, it, let him play football. And he doesn't, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need to be. He needs to be a, a solid to good quarterback. We don't need him to be elite to be a good football team. So if you could, you know, make it easier on him and not let him get crushed and fumble the ball like that, that, you know, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot easier for him this year as opposed to last year. One, because the talent level that's on the field. I mean, he's going to be playing with, you know, you throw in Kenny Galladay, throw in Kyle Rudolph, you throw in Saquon Barkley, you give him a deep threat in John Ross. I mean, you got to imagine that's going to help him from a decision-making standpoint. I would think now, and, and Jason Garrett, who I still believe in um, as a play caller, he's going to have a lot more tricks up his sleeve too. 
He was very limited last year. That's why, because of the Very limited. I mean, Jones, Jones was also hurt for the majority of the season last year, which a lot of people don't understand. So, you know, it, it's going to be a clean slate this year from Daniel Jones, and it's now or never, as we spoke to. I mean, there's, there's zero excuses from even a Giant fan in this New York media that he's got the weapons, he's going to be healthy, he's got his best player, Saquon Barkley, back. You got the coach. Now it's just time to execute Manfred for 17 weeks now. Now, the problem with that is now, if Jones comes out and plays like he did last year and the Giants aren't good, you're starting to look like the Jets a little bit in terms of situation and what you have to do. The Jets are in – you know, they're – who knows what the Jets are going to do. The Jets, are, they have Darnold. They may draft Wilson at two. Like, I don't want to be in that type of position with, you know, for the Giants with Jones, but – if he doesn't play well, that's very much a possibility that the Giants are looking at a quarterback next year. You know that. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to compare. I don't want to say that, but it's true. You don't want to compare us to the Jets in any in any circumstance. But but exactly. I get it. I get it. But we're we're gonna focus on you know John Mara even came out and spoke this week and said he's tired of losing. He's got full full confidence in Daniel Jones. Me, so do I. I think that he's got as we spoke to, the size, the strength speed he's he's pretty much from a mobility standpoint there's only two or three guys in the league that can move like him yeah. he's very accurate and things don't happen overnight you saw the same thing with uh, josh allen it took him two three years to get to the point that he's at and it's now you would think from from a from a talent standpoint it's all in the building the defense is there you bring in the kid from minnesota i can't pronounce his freaking name what's his name Betty. Anabago, I think I got it. Don't, know, don't quite know his name yet. I'm going one more time, Eric. Let me stop you. Afedi Odenigbo. It's the best I got. Best I got. Well, hopefully he sees this and he, he responds and he lets us know uh, how he could get that done. But, yeah, he's going to be playing on the edge, which is a position of need for us. We kind of segue into the defense. Um, I mean, let, let's be honest. Everybody knows what's going on on the offensive side of the ball as a Giant fan. Um, you don't need to beat the dead horse here. It's Daniel Jones cutting down on the turnovers, staying healthy, making quick decisions, and not making stupid mistakes consistently, and we'll be fine. So, I agree. to segue that into the defensive side of the ball, we brought in, what's his name? Let me do it again. Afedi Odenigbo. Okay, we brought in him. He's going to help. He, he played solid last year for, for Minnesota, complimentary guy. Um, you bring in a Dory Jackson to help lock down that secondary. Um, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous secondary. Yeah, really so you look at the rest of the league. I mean, this has to be a top five secondary from, from the top down. I mean, you look at the, In terms of talent, know, it's toward the top for sure. I mean, you have James Bradbury, who's a proven lockdown corner in this league. Quarterback, all, all pro one, type player. All, all pro. pro type player. Pro bowler last year. Thank God that we have this guy on one side of the field to completely blanket whatever other teams are trying to do. But that cornerback, too, was a revolving door for the Giants for years. Yadam wasn't the guy that we Yadam. had to you guys. No, but you bring in a proven pro, first-round draft pick, who's a dynamic football and player. young, young. Young, and he's part of that core. Like, he, he loves playing with these guys. Logan Ryan, as we said, came out and recruited this guy because they want him to be part of the second. Holmes, Jabril Peppers, they, love, they, all, they all love this guy. And – that's a, a clear strength of the Giants. Like, that lockdown, NYPD, New York pass defense is going to be very relevant this year. And, you know, it's a good mix between young talent and, and veteran experience. I mean, you got Logan Ryan, who completely set the tone for that back end of the defense. 
Yeah. He, he's a Joe Judge, New England type guy that you want to have on the field at all times. I mean, he played 99% of the snaps last year. And with that crowded group of, you know, talented players, it's going to be hard to get on the field. And Patrick Graham's going to have to do a great job schematically to make sure that McKinney doesn't lose snaps or Peppers doesn't lose snaps and Logan Ryan's on the field as much as possible because these guys could change the game anytime. They're super smart, super talented, and deserve to be on the field whenever they can. 100%. And I think that's the, you know, the forgotten man here with, you know, I feel like even Darnay Holmes has talked about more than McKinney. And in the few snaps he played last year, you know, he had a pick in that Dallas game to, to end the game. He played really well toward, you know, the end of the season. He was hurt most of the year with that broken foot. But I feel like that's a guy who you invested second-round draft capital in who should have been a first-round pick last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, you invested second-round draft capital in a guy who, who's going to have to be on the field a lot. So with the talented secondary, you have Peppers, you have Logan Ryan. I think you're going to see McKinney probably – play that hybrid safety, even linebacker role a little bit. He, he's he's yeah. built like a Landon Collins type guy. He's a little smaller, but he's he played that in Bama too. Yeah. I mean, that Xavier McKinney pick is all part of the plan. Definitely. All part of the plan. I mean, the judge you know, to Steve and Joe him. Judge said, we want guys who are extremely versatile. They can help us out in a multiple amount of ways. And, you know, maybe it's guarding a tight end or maybe it's putting him on a receiver. or Maybe it's a running back that he, that he might have an assignment for. Or maybe he's blitzing. This guy could do everything. And that – I, like, I almost feel like that's a lot of the guys on the defense, especially in the secondary. I mean, you've seen Darnay Holmes blitz multiple times. And Peppers, and too. And Peppers, too. And these guys guard so well. And it's just from the back end of the defense, it's, it's just very promising. And then to move forward, I mean, the linebacking core is okay. I mean, you got, you got Blake there who's going to, you know, he's a solid tackler. He's going to make, gonna make sound decisions. And he's going he's gonna to really lead the middle of the defense and call the plays. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the front three or four with Danny Shelton, who we just brought in, who we'll, we'll touch on. Yeah. Um, but Dexter Lawrence, I mean, just as much as Daniel Jones needs to prove himself in year three, I mean, we drafted this kid in the first round. He's got us. He's got us. Overall, overall pick. It's it's time. And he's not like he's been some no show. He's good, but he does, in my opinion, and, and you could you know kind of talk to this. He does disappear a little bit sometimes. And that was kind of the knock on Leonard Williams before he really got to the Giants, where he'll show flashes of being this dominant player, but you know he'll just kind of disappear at times. And Leonard Williams put a put a stop to that talk last season. Yeah. I mean, he's dominant, let's be honest. But Dexter Williams right. has to be that same type of dominant player. The sack numbers aren't going to be there for him, which is fine. But he needs to, to really push the pocket and, and open up things for Leonard. And Afedi, Odenigbo, and some other guys, the edge rushers. But yeah, you know, that's the I job mean, to clog the middle. Dexter, I mean, really all defensive tackles, unless you're Aaron Donald or Fletcher Cox or J.J. Watt. To the naked eye, they don't always put up the most glamorous stats. Same um, as Dalvin. Dalvin, too. Dalvin, too. And I wouldn't expect a guy like Dexter Lawrence to have, you know, multiple double-digit sack seasons. I don't, I don't think that's what we're asking for him. I think he's just an athletic, huge body to stick in there and, and stop the run and, like you said, push the middle of the pocket and allow other people, like Leonard Williams, like Blake Martinez, and like – Hold on here. Afedi Odenigbo. 
guys like that and guys like Lorenzo Carter and guys like O'Shane Zimenez to come and, and, and make plays for our defense. And yeah, it, we, we didn't spend money on an edge rusher. Um, and I think that's all strategic as well. I think that we really believe in building the team through our, our front three of our big bodied, you know, defensive linemen, and then working it out to our secondary to make sure that we cover well and don't let anything go over the top and allow big plays. Um, and if we do that with Patrick Graham calling the plays, I'm extremely confident in what this defense is going to be able to do. And I know we were top 10 last year, assuming we maybe add somebody with that first round pick, um, be, be even, it'd be even better this year with some of the free agents we brought in as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, we just spoke about the, you know, you kind of mentioned the first round pick. Why don't we kind of hop into it? I know you've been mentioning, and we were watching his pro days on the couch today. You said you liked him in his interview. Can you speak a little bit about this this guy out of Notre Dame? I have his name if you need the pronunciation. I cannot pronounce it. What is this? Jeremy? It's Jeremiah Awuso Koromoa. Okay. Let's do that one more time, Eric. Okay. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Awuso. Koromoa. So we're going to call him J-O-K. Yeah, or Joke. Joke. All right, so, so maybe we should get into a little bit about the draft that's coming up um, in less than a month. It's, it's really a good time to, you know, talk about what we could do here. I know that we covered a lot of our needs in free agency, which we, we never do. Never. Um, it was clear and obvious that we needed a receiver. We needed to, you know, fill the void of Dalvin Tomlinson. We needed a cornerback, too. And I think, in my opinion, we could use another right tackle that's going to dominate and help. Saquon and Daniel you're kind, of, you're kind of split between this first round pick with him. So, and him. I mean, last time, last time we spoke when we were on this podcast, I said Jalen Waddle is the pick. Put the card if Waddle is in and move on and, and have your guy. Um, 360 now? 180? I'll, I'll take a 180 on that, obviously, because the, the signing of Kenny Galladay was just so perfect and so needed. Um, I don't think that we go and explore that receiver market, even though Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle might be the best player on the board at that time. Um, I think there's other, other holes that we could um, try to fill during this draft. I think starting with that right tackle spot, um, although that we used a, you know, a very high pick on Andrew Thomas last year, Doesn't matter. That other right tackle to really be a dominant force to help Barkley in the run game and then just allow Jones to have more time. And you could never go wrong with a dominant right tackle. Never, never. And the way that the draft board's constructed right now, it looks like the top six or seven picks are going to be quarterbacks or it's going to be very quarterback heavy let's be honest the first five I mean I don't really see unless the Jets pass on Wilson I don't really see how definitely the first four are not quarterbacks with Atlanta you know Jacksonville the Jets and um I guess San Francisco now yeah they're gonna they're gonna be they love Mac Jones looking for quarterbacks definitely and that plays into our hands because we have our quarterback According to, I hope, I hope we do, buddy. According to, you know, what, what the team is saying. Um, so we're going to be in the position to either take a top one or two offensive lineman, whether it's Sewell or Slater. Yeah, or both of those guys are beasts. Another pass catcher, maybe Kyle Pitts, maybe Jamar Chase. I am not of that idea. I think that you can never go wrong with drafting an offensive line. Get another hog molly. Let him compete with Nate Solder. Get that veteran presence that he's going to bring and really mold that offensive line to be really, really solid. Because at the end of the day, Jones does tend to make a, t a ton of mistakes. And the only way you could really limit that is with protection. Because if he has more time, 
he could sit back there all day. He's got checkdowns. He's got he's got talent everywhere he looks. There's no more excuses. Yeah. So, you know, from episode one to episode two, I'm kind of leaning more toward. And I don't like to change opinions when it comes to Giants. Well, as weeks go on, that's how it happens. As weeks go on, I think you need to look at that offensive line just because of how much of a stud you could get with the way that the draft board is obviously going to play out. Um. You know, you see McShay, you see Kuiper put these mock draft 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 out, and you wonder why the pick, for the most part, is always changing. And it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a crime to change your pick from week to week. That's just how the draft goes. Yeah. And last week, I'm kind of on the same receiver train as you, whether it's Kyle Pitts or, you know, whether it's, it's Waddle or Devonta Smith. But I'm starting to lean, and I know you're on the right tackle thing with, with Slater or whether it's Sewell. But I'm kind of leaning towards Mika Parsons. And that's kind of my guy that I've kind of had throughout who I love. And he, he's a stud. I mean, he ran a 4-4 at his pro day. He, he can rush the passer. His coverage skills are, are a little ab, but he's one of just an athletic freak that we haven't had. And if you're, you're able to pair Blake and, and Parsons together, it seems like your linebacking core is even starting to get really good too. And, and now you're looking, you know, you're, 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 your defensive line is has two guys that you feel great in and some other guys that, that try to help. Your, your middle, you know, your linebacking core is looking great too. And then, you know, obviously the secondary is great. So that, to me, that seems like a, a really good pick and, and something the Giants should definitely consider. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Mika Parsons pick as well. Um, but the, the glory and, and the beauty of where the Giants are at right now there's really no bad picks because, like we spoke to, all the glaring holes are filled through free agents. That's because of the Galladay and the and the Dora right. Jackson. We were right. saying, we were saying, you know, oh, they could take a receiver if they don't sign one. They could take a corner too if they don't sign one. Yeah, and, and, and they have that. And let's let's relate this to our division because that's the teams that we're going to play twice a year. You could look at the Dallas Cowboys and say, wow, they have, they have the worst defense in football. They need to figure out what they're going to do. And that's not even being biased. Like the no, 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 no. They're hard. They cannot compete with that defense. So they need to spend a ton of draft capital on that defense, right? That's a fact. That's unarguable. That's what's going to happen this year. The Redskins, the, Reds, the, the Washington football team, they do not have a quarterback, the most important position in sports. They don't have somebody that's reliable enough to lead them to victory. Okay. How do you? How does someone pick them to win the division? Just the Eagles as well. The Eagles. Nobody is really sold on Jalen Hurts yet. Their offensive line is very old, and it seems like all their skill players are kind of just like going elsewhere, and they're really not what they were when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years back. So the Giants in the NFC East, the way it's looking today, can take the best player on the on the board, an athletic freak, whether it's offensive line, whether it's linebacker, whether it's corner, whether it's receiver. Somebody's going to come in and compete for us, no matter what it is, and and that's that's a luxury thing. Not a lot of teams can do that. I, I agree. Like I, I mean. If you're, if I'm telling you that the 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 Cowboys are drafting an offensive player, unless it's you know Kyle Pitts at ten, then you could kind of wrap your head around it. But for the most part, he's not there. And the, the Eagles have uh, the Cowboys have three real receivers, thousand yard receivers. They're not taking a receiver. It's unlikely they're taking Pitts at ten, even if he makes it there, which is unlikely in it, you know in itself. Yeah. They're gonna go corner, or they're gonna go edge, or, or they're gonna go linebacker. Like there's no way. The, the Cowboys, you know, in the state, you know, how that defense is, they, they're not taking a defensive player. Yeah, just they, have, they, they need to build on what they did last year. I mean, let's be honest. They were 
they were terrible. I mean, I know Dak went down, and he's an unbelievable player, and their mm-hmm. season would have been different, obviously, if he was healthy. Yeah. But if you're going to compete and go deep in the playoffs, you need some sort of defense. I mean, they were ranked in the bottom two or three of the league. Yeah. They got rid of their coach. They brought in a new coach who you would assume will improve him a little bit. But let's be honest, they're the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not scared of them. Um, I know that they are still the division favorite from a, you know, a, a non-biased standpoint just because they have the best QB. He's, he's proven to play on MVP. That always makes them the division favorite. But – the Giants match up with them great. We played them very tough last year. I mean, we, we beat them, beat once, them twice. And we should have beat them twice. So, I mean, I just got a DM. Who is this? Anybody interesting, pal? Could be. Oh, it seems a little interesting here. Yeah, it's pretty good. Someone mentioned me in my story. April Fools. Gotta love this. Ah, that hurts. It stinks. Hey, mention you in your story. April Fools, bitch. Ah, that's a shame. Really. Back to football. Back to football. Anyway, um, the pressure from Giant fans is relieved. I know that there's going to be an extra game that the NFL announced, and now we're going to be playing 17 games. Will we be there in Miami? We'll, we'll, we will be there. Miami is our spot. And another winnable game in, in, in Miami, what we were saying is week 17, week 18, actually, obviously we're going to have the first round by locked up. I mean, that's Ooh. locked. We're going to be doing what we need to do for the first 17 weeks of the season. Make sure that we bench and rest our players. Wow. Partying in Miami, January 9th. You mark my words. And for everybody listening, he had had a couple drinks. Yeah. He may have done some other stuff. I don't know. But listen, there's no first round buys. I don't want a first round buy. Okay. I just want to make the, I want to be competing for a playoff spot come week 18, I guess now. And just like we did this year, I mean, everyone says we were bad. We weren't a great, we weren't a great football team, but we competed for a playoff spot. I don't care about the division. The division's the same, you know. It's yeah. not like the division really got worse. The division got worse, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you can't even. There's no Carson Wentz. Which say all you want about Carson Wentz. I know you like Carson Wentz. I kind of like him too. I think the Eagles are absolutely crazy for trading him, and they're still paying him. His his cap hit this year for the Eagles is huge. And he's not even on the team. I think the Eagles are crazy. They took they they took Jalen Hurts thirty second overall. He wasn't their main guy. He he just fell into their lap. And they're like, all right, he's there. Let's take him. If they loved him. They would have traded up for him. I, I I'm not. I think trading a franchise quarterback like that, proven who who listen, he was hurt, but you know you won a Super Bowl with. To me, that's crazy. And I don't know what you yeah. did with that. I do think what they did. Um, from a rebuild standpoint, is smart. And I think that they really did what the Giants didn't do with Eli Manning. Um, They addressed and they understood that Carson Wentz, in their system, for whatever the reason may be, was not their guy. And He gave up too early, though. They did give up a little too early, but they understood, like, okay, let's get rid of him, no matter what the dead money hit is, kind of like what we did to Odell Beckham, get him out of town, and let's regroup and let's refresh with our young quarterback. Let's see if he's the guy, and, and let's move from there. They, they got some draft capital. They moved back. And if the Giants did that, maybe a year or two with our guy Eli right here, maybe we're, we're talking about a few different, you know, circumstances here, and we could have been competitive maybe a few years earlier. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. It's just, listen, when I, if I have a Carson Wentz-type talent, I'm not giving up on him regardless i'm i'm doing everything i can to surround him with weapons 
And they didn't do that. The Eagles receiving core is depleted. And, and this isn't a hate Eagles, hate Cowboys, hate Redskins thing. Just kind of just being from, from a non-biased you know, perspective, the Eagles offense doesn't scare me. The Washington offense doesn't scare me. And the Dallas defense doesn't scare me. There's, there's holes on, in every team in the NFC East. Let's be honest. The Giants have some holes on offense with the quarterback, the offensive line, and there's holes all over in other teams in the division. So that's why I, it's hard for me to just say that this team is, is the clear-cut favorite to win the division. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. But with that extra game, I think it does benefit us um, only because, you know, defense is proven. Defense travels. We're going to be able to play in those late winter cold months. And you would imagine that we're going to be able to run the ball since we spent our second overall draft pick a couple years back on, on Saquon. So over the course of 17 football games, if you have the 100% best defense in that division, you have arguably the most talent when it comes Washington, to skill players. Uh, Washington's defense is probably the best of the division right now. Yeah, I mean. That D-line is, is true. Sure. I mean, but we haven't lost to Washington in a meaningful football game. In, sure, in exactly I'm, not, I'm not scared of them until they beat us. I agree. Um, but really from, you know, like we said, Zero excuses. Everything is, is where you want it to be. You crush the draft. And my, like I said, I think you get one more solid hog molly to add to the offensive line to let him play on the right side opposite Thomas. Yeah. You got Gates, who, who you love. He's he's very competitive center, and he gets the job done. With Jones and Gates connection, kind of. For a very cheap price, may I add. Um, and your guards are going to be, you know, you got Hernandez, you got Lemieux. You lost Seitler, but – like we said, that was just a business decision where you could get younger and cheaper on that offensive line. And I think with the coaching staff we have in place, now you're going to have a full off season for Joe Judge to really get in there and implement his ideas and, and culture. Yeah. And I think that offensive line does get better and take the next step onto the, you know. Well, if they don't, we're going to be talking about, you know, the same thing a year from now. I will say that you just mentioned Zeitler. I said, I would last podcast, I said, why would the Giants, why would they cut him? It makes no sense. Why would they trade? It makes no sense. He's their best lineman. $14.5 million cap hit, and I was wrong. And I'm fine with being wrong because I like the way I like the way they spent the money. $14.5 million cap hit for a solid player doesn't make a ton of sense financially for the Giants. And the Giants are looking at it like, you know what? I think we can plug and play another right guard there, whether it's from the draft, whether it's from some depth signings uh, in free agency. And they allocated that money, you know, whether it was from Solder, whether it was from Zeitler, they allocated it to Kenny Galladay, Dory Jackson, and a Fetty out of Nigbo and some other guys. And Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, even with that, you know, he's, he's a solid player and which we didn't even speak about, but it, I'd rather uh, what I have now than Kevin Zeitler and, and, you know, Nate yeah. Solder, $19 million in a year. Come on. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into a little bit about the business side of football, I mean, it's tough. I think the only no-brainer release was going to be Golden Tate. I mean, he really did. We paid him a ton, and I'm very happy to see him leave. Um, but guys like Dalvin Tomlinson and guys like Kevin Zeitler, who literally competed for us every single week, did everything that we asked them to always do. On the field, they, always on the field. Always on the field. It's tough, but you got to enjoy from a, from a cap space – perspective and you know where that money came to like you said you're ecstatic you got you got Kenny Galladay who was the most sought out free agent in the entire class and he's going to come play opposite Darius Slayton still like it's super exciting I I, I love it I love everything that they've done I love it I I love it 
we didn't even mention it. And we were talking about Logan Ryan, you know, recruiting Adoree and Jabril recruiting Adoree and Jabril recruiting Galladay or whatever. How about Daniel Jones calling up Kenny Galladay? You don't see that from a Giants quarterback. That's well, not it's, normal. It's got like we gotta be part of the normal thing. Like that's yeah. what, that's what Brady does. Brady calls Gronk and AB and says, "Yo, like this is what we're doing." You, you, hey, Kyle, you want to come on by and win a Super Bowl? Listen, yeah. I'm not saying we're gonna win the Super Bowl, but it is cool how DJ and listen. Let's be honest. We follow all the Instagram guys. We follow their friends. DJ's always out with these guys. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying that they're crazy partying, but they're always together, whether it's working out, whether they're on vacation, whatever. It's pretty cool to see. And I know Eli was like that, you know, going back to, to – he always, you know, trained at Duke and all receivers would come and train with him. But it is cool to see that Jones is part of the crew now. And it's like – it's refreshing that we're kind of adapting to the times and realizing that it's a passing league. You're not going to – you're, for the most part, you're not going to win, you know, if you don't have a, a, a dominant receiver one, a, a couple dominant receivers. You're just not going to be able to compete with, with the defenses teams are trotting out. You just can't. And if you don't have a good quarterback, you just, you're not going to be able to, to be in that upper echelon of teams. And it, seemed, it is refreshing to see that Jones is kind of trying at least to take that step for himself with recruiting Galladay and just all of them recruiting these guys. It's cool. Yeah, and that, that says a lot about Daniel Jones, not only from like a leadership standpoint, but Kenny Collins, he played with Matthew Stafford, who is one of the, the best quarterbacks that we've seen, not only from like, you know, an NFL standpoint, but he gives every receiver that he plays with a chance to get paid. I mean, he's, he's gotten guys paid. Oh, Marvin Jones. Stafford, I, I mean, Tate, Calvin. He's got, he's a, he slings like, Kenny Galladay to go and now play with Daniel Jones. That's going to like, you would think that's a downgrade, right? But Kenny Galladay is like, no, I, I believe in what the Giants are building, and I believe in Daniel Jones as a quarterback, and I want to go play with him. And, and that says a lot, like I said, coming from that Lions offense that was just slinging it everywhere. He caught yeah. like 70, 80 passes for two years straight. Yeah. He, he could have went anywhere. He could have went to the Jets. He could have went and, to the Eagles. And he, if, you're, if you're Kenny Galladay, if you don't like the quarterback, you're going to be getting the ball from. Why would, you wouldn't go there. No, you don't think the Jets wouldn't give him 17, 18? Of course they would. Yeah, you don't think uh, there's there's 15, 20 teams that would give Kenny Galladay anywhere from 15 to 18 million dollars, just like the Giants did. He obviously has some faith in Daniel Jones and even a Dory Jackson. You don't think a Dory Jackson could have went to a better team? Of course, but he and, has faith in what Joe Judge is building. It's so obvious. And that brings back another really good point. Um, everybody watched last year, week 17. We have a chance to go to the to the playoffs. All we need to do is have Philly beat Washington, right? And they pull Hurts and they, and they break our heart. And where they really wanted to see what they had in Nate Sudfeld. No, that was bullshit. But that is really going to end up biting them in the ass and going to benefit us from a culture standpoint. You could see what we're building and, and the direction that we're going. And that's like you said, Kenny Galladay could have went anywhere. He could have went to the Eagles. They need a receiver. They have the money. Jory Jackson had that Philly visit lined up right after he left us. We didn't let him give him every dollar. We didn't let him leave the building. Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge gave our pitch of where they see this franchise going, and they signed the dotted line. Now they're Giants. Um, And the best thing thing is, it's not just Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge giving the pitch. It's the players. Like we're trying to say, like it's important that that we're able to recruit these star free agents 
that we were never able to recruit. It's like you mentioned, it's like the NBA. It's crazy. No, it, 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 we're really putting together a roster of camaraderie, skill players at every level. I mean, I know that I believe, was it Darnay Holmes and Adoree? They went to the same high school, I believe. Something like that. I saw that Adoree um, kind of met with Darnay, like I think it was in a, at a high school workout and kind of took him over to the side and tried to coach yeah. him up. I, I forget who tweeted that, but it was a cool story about that. So they have some ties and it's, they like playing with each other. I mean, the NFL, just like anything else, is a connection-driven business. I mean, you could see, Joe. you know, the, the, the chain of command is Joe Judge comes in. He brings Logan Ryan from New England. Logan Ryan all... brings in to Joey Jackson. Yeah. Dave Gettleman brings in and trades for Bill Peppers. And then that's our secondary. And now we've built really – I mean, we got to show it on the field, but we've built on paper one of the most dynamic playmaking secondaries that we've had maybe ever i mean these guys are legitimate nfl studs i mean there's no there's no debate on that i agree 100 percent. and and you mentioned it with the connections like it starts for it starts with belichick and then it starts with with saban and then joe judge you know joe judge and saban with mckinney and it just kind of guys like that where don't be surprised if the giants draft another alabama guy or, or another or they sign another guy from the Patriots, look, they're looking at Jason McCourty now. Another Patriots tie. It's like, it's a whole circle that I'm glad to be a part that we have Joe Judge to kind of keep everything together. We've never had that before. It's, it's, yeah. it's refreshing. This is going to be, there's also, I mean, you look at the positive side of it, which is obvious to see, but when you really dissect it, you got to look and how are we going to be able to, to have all these attitudes and personalities in one locker room? It's going to be pretty you know, challenging to, to manage that. I mean, you got Saquon, Saquon's coming back. He's the face of the franchise in New York. He's got the Nike deal. He's got this, he's got that. He's with Gillette. He's with Gatorade. And then you got Jabril Peppers, who's really another huge personality. You bring in a Dory Jackson, you bring in Kenny Galladay, you got to have an Ingram, you know, who's going to be the face of that to make sure that everybody is understands their role and, and, you know, really compete for us as a team. Daniel Jones. Is he going to be that? Is he going to be that? You, you spend the sixth overall pick. This whole, that's what it's about. He needs to be the leader that the Giants drafted him to be. And, and I'm not saying he's not. It seems like he is. It seems like when Jones is in the huddle, everybody is listening to him. He has command of the huddle. He, he's boys with all, all the players. He's always on vacation. He's always working out with them. It's, he needs yeah. to be that guy. And if it's not him, we're going to have some trouble this year. And, I mean, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, these guys wouldn't be recruiting a Joy Jackson if they knew that Jones was trash. Like, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They're, fr they're friends, just like me and you. If I was working at a company, and I, I wouldn't recruit you if I knew that what was going on wasn't legit. Like, my plus is a schmuck. I'm not, and then I'm like, I'm yeah, not no, that, That's not how it goes. Peppers is fully aware of who our quarterback is and fully aware of how much we believe in him. Yeah. And he's on board with that. And that's why – Next year when the time comes, or maybe in the beginning of – or the middle of this season, he's going to get that extension that he deserves. Um, yeah, I, I think it should be soon, honestly. I mean, you, you, I you saw that. that he was a vital part of this recruitment effort this entire offseason. Yeah. You, you saw him the other night. He's courtside of the Nets game. He, he, he loves New York. Love he's from New Jersey. Love it. And I'm cool with having him as the personality of our back-end defense for years. I, I would pay him whatever the market value is. 
Um, I'm not sure what it is with the cap going up next year, obviously with that additional game. Probably if, somewhere in the range of like 8 to 12 million. I he won't say. be the highest paid safety in football, but he's going to be up there at minimum top five because, you know, he's at least a franchise tag. I don't know if the Giants are willing to commit that type of money to a safety like that. He's good. He's very good. And another I thing that I learned a- about the NFL this season is no. you could do whatever you want when a Exactly. When a quarterback is on a rookie deal. I mean, the time – I mean, you look at the Jets. It's actually sad. I mean, they had four years to, to, to build around the number three overall pick. And they literally had the worst offensive And game. they went backwards. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, Jared Goff gets picked number one. I know people bash him for what he did, but they had enough capital to at least get him to the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, same thing. They had enough capital to put – skillful players around him to, to win that Super Bowl, even with Nick Foles. Yeah. Um, same thing with Dak. I mean, there's so much money that you could put towards a team when that quarterback isn't getting paid that Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes number. Yeah, 100%. But listen, it's, it's an exciting time. What else is there to say? I, I mean, we're kind of 29 days away from the draft. Do we, do we have any plans yet? I know it's in Cleveland. There, there's going to be fans. Nah. I'm like, not, I'm not what do you mean? We got we got a ton of exciting road games this year that I think I'd rather put my energy towards. We're gonna go play in Kansas City. We're gonna go play out in LA. Who else? We got New Orleans, uh, Miami. This is this is gonna cost us a fortune. We're done. Oh, not again! Another season, huh? We're doing this again. Listen, it will be all worth it if you could put really our expectations, what we have right now, into reality. And what are you? Well, you know what? Speaking of that, before we kind of wrap it up, what are your expectations, Zeke? Tell me, what, what are your expectations this year for the Giants? My expectations this year from an and no bias here. unbiased Giants fan. I mean, we've spoke about every realm of possibility that's going to happen within the division and, and with our team. Dallas is the favorite to win the division with a healthy Dak Prescott. That – that's really unarguable. Unfortunately, he's the best quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in football and the best quarterback in our division. Definitely. He plays the way, the way he's supposed to with those weapons and, and Zeke. They, they should win. They should. But we know how Dallas likes to act. They like to really underachieve. I think the Giants should be right in that driver's seat to win nine or maybe with this extra game, ten football games to compete for either that extra wild card spot or sneak into the division. I mean, we almost won last year with six wins. And well, listen, I'm not – and I'm with you. That extra wild card spot's important. It, it's very important. And the Giants don't need to win 10 games or 11 games to make this season successful. I mean, if you're telling me, if you're telling me the Giants are sneaking in to the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, I'm not – I guess 9-8 and eight really now, I'm not complaining. I, right? I, I mean, you make the playoffs. doesn't matter how you make them. You make them, you make them. It doesn't matter. I mean, the worst and the scariest part about not making the playoffs this year is the the turnover that's going to happen within this team. I mean, all the, good, the outrage? all the good things that we spoke about this season, about how the, we got the camaraderie, we got Logan Ryan leading defense, Peppers, Jones, Barkley, Galladay. If we can't figure out a way to, to maneuver and manufacture eight or nine wins – it's going to get ugly. I mean, you saw the fan outrage on the third day of free agency before we signed anybody. Yeah, well, Giants fans and New York in general, Yankees. Instant gratification. They're very, it's very instant gratification. And you said it. You said you got to just chill 
we had the Leonard Williams contract looming, which was really what was holding everything up because they couldn't, they couldn't agree. Listen, that's not hard. If the Giants just re-signed Leonard Williams, even that would be a successful offseason for us. This guy's best, yeah. Our best player on defense is going into free agency. He could have got money from every single team in the damn league. He chose to stay with us. That's yeah. in itself a very good accomplishment. And it's not like he was drafted by us. He was drafted by another team. So he didn't owe us anything. He I was agree. another guy who was on board. Just stopping there is very impressive. Then you go out and spend this money on a, a stud receiver, another cornerback too. And a Fetty. Odenigbo? Yeah. I think I'm getting it you now. You different every time. You think so? That's all right. Anyway. Okay. Listen, we'll get there. Props to Gettleman for what he did this offseason. Props to Joe Judge for building the culture the way it is. Um, and it really just lies on, on the arm and right shoulder of our guy Danny J. I mean, he's got to play smarter football. He's got to cut down on those mistakes and, and hold on to the ball when, when, when bad things happen. And um, I think if that happens, there, there's no excuse for us not to – to compete this year. I'm with, I'm with you. Like we said, he, he doesn't need to have this Pro Bowl type season for us to be successful. It's just true. He doesn't need to be that. He doesn't need to be great. He needs to be solid to good. He needs to throw 25 touchdowns this year and 12 picks and the Giants are going to be in the driver's seat to possibly take this division. It's just, that's just how it is. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you got the Bucks. The Bucks are going to be unreal. Um, um I told you, and you said no. Beginning of the season last year, you said nine, ten wins, this, that. You did. Yeah. You said it, and Tom Brady goes, "Listen, I got it. Right to the Super Bowl. I'm not looking to be the Bucks. I, I, I don't want to be the Bucks. I can't be the Bucks. Just let me be a, a a good competitive football team this year. And I do think that with everything they've done, it's you know it's realistic." I hope so, man. I hope so. Well, I can't do. I can't do another year of this, Eric. I, what do I? I'm in this, I, I'm 25 years old. I got. I got about 50 wrinkles on my head from the Giants. Yeah. School, law school doesn't even stress me out. Like every Sunday, one o'clock, I sit down. I say, I did it again. Yeah. I, do it, I did it I again. Did, it was pretty fun for like two weeks last year when we won that Seattle game, and then we won. It was uh, fun the whole year. And then we played Green, uh, Cleveland that Sunday night. Arizona just absolutely destroyed. destroyed and kind of rear-end our whole season. I mean, we were 0-7, and we were just trying to root. We're like, yeah, but we're exhausted. We can't take any more heartbreak. And we would just look at each other like this. What are we doing? What are we doing? Jones is running around. He's running around. His hamstrings hanging off. <laughs> we, had, we had Devonta Freeman from literally the couch. Alfred Morris, he's 60. He's 60 years old. He's got a cane, and he looked like Herschel Walker for a few games. That's it. I got Colt McCoy ro rolling out. Colt McCoy's rolling out. He's throwing passes to Alfred Morris. He's never caught a touchdown his whole life. Ten years in the league, never won. We're, we're, we're loving it. And we're screaming. That's a f those are called sick people, Eric. And those sick people need to be in a home far away from civilization. And I know exactly what's going to happen. If the Giants start off 0-6 this year, we'll be the same two morons just – Throwing up our hand, we're exhausted, and I just pray, and I'll, every night I'll sit at the edge of my bed and I'll pray to God, they don't do that to me again. I can't take another season like that, Eric. No, I don't think we can. I don't, I don't think we will. I think for all the stuff that we spoke about this, this podcast and last podcast, with, with the, the talented roster that we have, you know, the co it's just beating a dead horse at this point. But 
But things are looking up. I, I really think they are. Things, um, we're going to kind of, um, I guess, uh, leading up into the draft, we'll be on, I guess, every couple weeks or whatever. But once the season kicks off, we'll make sure we're getting one every weekend for you guys just to kind of keep up with everything going on with the Giants. So, yeah. Sound good, pal? Sounds good, man. Um, what do we got? We got another got three and a half weeks until uh, we get into this draft. So we're going to have to gonna gonna have to dive into some of the prospects some yeah of the, well i think next one whether it's yeah. next week week and a half the, or so the draft board right now is very fluid so i wouldn't by the way i wouldn't pay a lot of attention to what you see on sports center and nfl network i think that it could be definitely jumbled by the time we actually get to the draft board people still got to have their pro days some guys probably going to be on instagram smoking weed yep. doing something that always happens um, but we do know for a fact that the qb class is, is very stacked and a lot of the you got five going in the first round, that's for sure. And like we said, that just plays into our hand because we're not drafting one. Definitely. So we're Giants fans for what we did this offseason from a free agency standpoint. We're also yeah. going to be adding two more instant impact starters from the draft. And those are just going to be two more studs that we're going to be able to speak about. And, and, uh, and free agency is still going on. You know, there's still second and third tier free agents that are available for cheap. That the I would like to see one thing before we kind of close – can I get a Cordell Patterson somehow? I would I like that. That would be cool. I would like that. I Maybe mean, we'll... from a kick returner standpoint, we don't really have anybody, but we got that would be great for us. punt returners. That's true. Dory and Jabril. Yeah. I hate um, go, you know? That was my guy. Yeah, you always uh, – you were saying for years, the Wayne train, and I'm like, the train's out of gas, buddy. No. The train's out of gas. gas was just train, it wasn't out of gas. I was wrong. It was a problem with the engine. It was just a little tweak. And then he was – he, I couldn't believe it. He, he was amazing. For what he jumped in and did when Saquon went down, he was really good. And I'm surprised he, he hasn't – has he signed anywhere? No. Could he get back I, to the Giants somehow? I don't think so. We brought in Devin Booker. We didn't bring about – we didn't talk about – Devante, pal. Devin Booker plays out in Phoenix. He's shooting threes in Phoenix, which is fine. Listen, I know it's a long night. Yeah, um, yeah. The Devonta Booker, the running back from Oakland, is going to come, and Las Vegas is going to come join us and hoard carries from Barkley, primarily for red zone purposes only. Yeah. But listen, to just touch on that quickly, um, Barkley's coming off a, a pretty serious injury, so it makes sense from a from a financial standpoint to get somebody that could, you know, take his carries if something did happens. You, Eric, did you see? What happened when the Giants signed Devontae Booker on Twitter and Instagram? They're, they're losing. They're losing their minds. It's sad. You would think they signed me to a five-year mega max deal, and I'm just the starting running back. I just don't understand. It was two years, eight million. You would think I went to every Giant fan and said, "Let's go! Come on, five hundred bucks. I got to pay." The Booker. Invincible movie. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. I, every 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 play, they're like, "Wow, how could they do that? Now what?" I'm like, "Now nothing. We're just gonna sign." Whoever Devonte Booker is not stopping the Giants from getting Galladay. I, I tweeted it a million times. Nobody seems to understand that two years, six mil, eight mil. It just doesn't matter when you, when the cap is so fluid. But I, I don't know how many. I, I'm just going to staple it to my forehead. Two years, eight mil, fluid cap doesn't matter. So we uh, Dave Gettleman's got our trust from a free agent standpoint. Let's let's yes, agree on that. Yes, he does. And uh, that's about it for uh, episode two, season two. Off-season edition. Uh, next time we come back, we're going to dive into more of the, the draft prospects and who we actually 
think we're going to take with that number 11 pick. Could if, be another 180 for us. If we're even at 11, by the way. Um, I do think that we stay at 11 and, and take that best athlete available, but we'll, we'll give you more of a fluid pick uh, within the next week. Yeah. All right, pal. Till next time. Get this hoodie, though. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Till next time, pal.